Democrats are terrified that if Trump loses, he might not accept the results of the election. He might not turn over power. Gosh, can you imagine a political party not accepting the results of an election? Gosh, I don't, I don't know. In recent memory, perhaps. In any case, the majority whip for the Democrats in the House, Jim Clyburn, is now comparing the president to Hitler and Mussolini because of the imaginary world in which Trump won't accept the results of a free and fair election. Take a listen. But I feel very strongly that this man has taken on a strong arm tactics. And I feel very strongly that he is Mussolini, Putin is Hitler. I said that back then, and I believe that. I believe very strongly that this guy never had any idea about being one to peacefully transfer power. I don't think he plans to leave uh, the White House. He doesn't plan to have fair and unfettered elections. I believe that he plans to install himself uh, in some kind of emergency way uh, to continue to hold on to office. And that's why the American people had better wake up. I know a little bit about history, and I know how countries find their demise. It is when we fail to let democracy and the fundamentals of which is a fair, unfettered election. Could you imagine if if a political party in the United States refused to acknowledge the democratic choice and refused to concede an election for, oh, I don't know, a few days or a few years and launch a bunch of ridiculous investigations based on nothing. The Democrats, as always, projecting, accusing the Republicans of doing exactly what they did in 2016. And the fear that they do it again has never been higher. We'll get into the Democrat war games of how they will not concede the presidential election. All that and more. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. There is one lesson that we all need to keep in mind as we look ahead to November, which is that the left can't lose. The left can't, it's not just that they shouldn't lose or they're probably going to win this time. The left in their own minds cannot lose. When the left loses, that is evidence that the election was illegitimate. New York Times just published this piece. This is from Ben Smith, how the media could get the election story wrong. And it's a typical story setting you up to not get an answer on election night so that they can continue to count the mail-in ballots and magically come up with the number that allows them to win. But that's not the most interesting part of the article. The most interesting part, as always with the New York Times, is in the last three paragraphs. This is how the New York Times spreads fake news. The first number of paragraphs are all a bunch of BS, but then you get down to the bottom three paragraphs, and that's where the interesting stuff is. According to Ben Smith, a group of former top government officials called the Transition Integrity Project actually gamed four possible scenarios, including one that doesn't look that different from 2016. A big popular win for Mr. Biden and a narrow electoral defeat, presumably reached after weeks of counting the votes in Pennsylvania. For their war game, they cast John Podesta, who was Hillary's campaign chairman. He's that weirdo with all the spirit cooking emails that came out. So John Podesta, huge, huge Democratic figure. He was cast in the role of Mr. Biden. They expected him, when the votes came in, to concede, just as Mrs. Clinton had. For, pause there for one moment. 
John Podesta ran the Hillary Clinton campaign. You will remember on election night when she lost, they did not concede. Actually, Hillary didn't even show up. Podesta walked out on that stage in New York, came out, and then refused to concede. They didn't concede until the next day. So already you've got, you've got the lie in here to make up for what Podesta is about to do, which is completely in character. Mr. Podesta playing Mr. Biden shocked the organizers by saying he felt his party wouldn't let him concede. Alleging voter suppression, he persuaded the governors of Wisconsin and Michigan to send pro-Biden electors to the Electoral College. In that scenario, California, Oregon, and Washington then threatened to secede from the U.S. if Mr. Trump took office as planned. The House named Mr. Biden president. The Senate and White House stuck with Mr. Trump. At that point in the scenario, the nation stopped looking to the media for cues and waited to see what the military would do. Secession, civil war. It's a threat. It's a threat in the Democratic Party mouthpiece, which is called the New York Times. They're not going to accept the results of the election. They're pretending that it's Mr. Trump who's not going to acknowledge the results of the election, but it's really the Democrats because the Democrats never acknowledge the results of the election. The Democrats didn't acknowledge the results of the election in 2016. And then going back to the last Republican of this millennium, they didn't acknowledge the results of the election in 2000. They don't do it because they're always supposed to win. You know, the Democratic representative, John Lewis, uh, just passed away. And there have been lots of funerals and celebrations of his life around the country. John Lewis, you will recall, also didn't acknowledge the results of the 2016 election. We'll get to that in just one second. First, though, got to thank our friends over at my absolute favorite hobby supplier of at least half of my life. I'm talking about Thompson Cigar. Thompson Cigar, I have used these guys. They have the greatest selection of cigars on planet Earth, certainly in the entire United States. I've used them since I was 16, when my mother bought me my first box of cigars when I was but a wee lad. These days, everyone is spending a lot more time around the house. If you're anything like me, you're running out of ways to stay entertained. And luckily, Thompson Cigar has hours of entertainment just a click away. You know I, I love cigars. It's my, my favorite way to unwind. It's my favorite way to focus my thoughts. It's the sort of thing you can do alone, and you finally force yourself to sit down and think and just be by yourself and cool down for about 40 minutes. Or it's a great social equalizer. Everybody can do it. They always say cigars. It's where everyone from a construction worker to a CEO, they come into the same place, and they engage in the same. It's just wonder. I couldn't speak highly enough. Uh, Thompson has over 12,000 different cigar options available right now. They also have, they have amazing deals they always have, and they have great bundles, so you can get try different sampler packs. Uh, for a limited time, Thompson's offering 15% orders over 75 bucks, or 20% off orders over 99 bucks. I was just smoking one of their Davidoffs the other day. Great stick. You'll never beat the prices that they have on Davidoff. Or you can get another great value for your money, some Oliva, some My Father, some Nub, some Cane. The list goes on and on. Tweet me. I'll send you my recommendations. Take advantage of these incredible savings. Go to thompsoncigar.com. Use promo code Knowles when you're ready to check out. That website is thompson, T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N, cigar.com, promo code Knowles. So John Lewis, whose funeral we'll get to in one second because Barack Obama's eulogy of that funeral has made huge waves. A lot of conservatives are attacking Obama for it. Bizarrely, I think I'm actually going to be defending Obama. But Let's remember that John Lewis, this now sainted figure that the left has put above politics, they sort of want to say that he he wasn't exactly a partisan figure. John Lewis, I think, embodied, he typified the Democratic Party in that in 2016, 
John Lewis refused to acknowledge the results of that presidential election. I believe in forgiveness. I believe in trying to work with people. Uh, it's, it's going to be hard. It's going to be very difficult. Uh, I don't see this president-elect as a legitimate president. You do not consider him a legitimate mm -hmm. president? Why is that? I, I think the Russians participated in helping this man get elected, mm -hmm. and they helped destroy the candidacy of Hillary Clinton. There it is. He is not the legitimate president, and therefore they're going to litigate for four years how he's, how he's not really the president, and Hillary should have won, and on and on. This was not the first time that John Lewis refused to accept the results of the election. Actually, he did that when George Bush won in 2000. He refused to attend the inauguration. Now, you might say, oh, well, those were just two close elections, and it's understandable that he, he wouldn't concede. Until you remember that those are the only two Republicans elected this millennium, right? Since the, we're in a new century, a new millennium, both of these guys, over the course of 20 years now, were not acknowledged by a major leading Democrat as the legitimate presidents. And John Lewis certainly was not the only Democratic leader not to acknowledge these guys as the legitimate presidents. One of the most respected politicians of that party refused to accept every single presidential election this century in which a Republican won. This exposes a key difference in how the right and the left look at politics. Because while Barack Obama's eulogy of John Lewis is getting all the attention, another former president gave a eulogy of John Lewis, that man, George W. Bush. Take a listen to the way that George Bush speaks of John Lewis. He always thought of others. He always believed in preaching the gospel in word and in deed, insisting that hate and fear had to be answered with love and hope. John Lewis believed in the Lord. He believed in humanity and he believed in America. Listen, John and I had our disagreements, of course. But in the America John Lewis fought for, and the America I believe in, differences of opinion are inevitable elements and evidence of democracy in action. Oh, George, you innocent, lovely man, you. George Bush is espousing a view of politics that I think all we conservatives want to get behind. It's one where... Maybe we have some differences of opinion, but that's okay. We can all get along together. Sometimes you win and sometimes I win, but we're all still Americans at the end of the day and that's just the way politics works. That is not the way the left looks at things. The way the left looks at things is sometimes we win and sometimes you lose. And that's the only way it's ever gonna happen. And if it's ever different than that, it's illegitimate. Barack Obama, I think, gave a, in a way, a more appropriate eulogy, given the political tenor of the funeral. Here's just a little clip of Barack Obama's stump speech eulogy. But today, we witness with our own eyes police officers kneeling on the necks of black Americans. George Wallace may be gone, but we can witness 
our federal government sending agents to use tear gas and batons against peaceful demonstrators. But even as we sit here, there are those in power who are doing their darndest to discourage people from voting by closing polling locations and targeting minorities and students with restrictive ID laws and attacking our voting rights with surgical precision, even undermining the Postal Service in the run-up to an election that's going to be dependent on mail-in ballots so people don't get sick. Those Republicans are stealing your votes. They're stealing the election. They're no better than George Wallace. They're segregationists. They're racists. Okay, I hope you all have a lovely funeral. John Lewis was a good guy. That is outrageous, right? We all look at that. Everyone from conservatives to reasonable liberals looks at that kind of a eulogy and says, how, how outrageous. You've got a man there who's had a very impressive political career, who's meant a lot to a lot of Americans, and you're supposed to be celebrating his life, and instead you turn it into a stump speech. Right? We don't like that. That's kind of, we find that to be very ugly. However, the thing that is worth remembering here is that the left treats politics different than the right does. In a way, I think this political stump speech was absolutely appropriate because while the left wants to create an image of John Lewis as this man above politics, he's above the right and the left, he's above the political fray, that's not how John Lewis viewed himself. John Lewis was a 17-term member of the House of Representatives. He was openly one of the most ardent liberals in the House, if not the single most ardent liberal in the House. He was referred to by the Washington Post as a fiercely partisan Democrat. So I think it's perfectly understandable. I don't think it's, it's disrespectful of Barack Obama to John Lewis's memory to come out and give this political speech. And, and frankly, that's how the left is looking at that right now. The key to remember is the left must win. We'll get to that in one second. We'll get to the, the political basis of why that is true. But first, I got to thank our friends over at Pure Talk. Who is your wireless provider? Is it ATT? Is it Verizon? Is it T-Mobile? What if I told you Pure Talk USA uses the exact same cell phone network as one of those providers? Same towers, same coverage, but it costs you half the price. I'm not saying it's similar. I'm not saying it's sort of like this, but the exact same one. What if I told you that? It sounds crazy. When I first heard about Pure Talk, I thought this is simply not possible. I don't buy it. I think it's BS. Then I looked at their customer reviews. Angela from Midland, Texas. The absolute test was visiting my parents who live out in the country. I've tried to use ATT, Sprint, and Verizon. None worked until I went into town. Pure Talk worked excellently at their house. I was so excited. Switching is very easy. You keep your phone, they'll send you a SIM card so you can get the same great service you currently have at half the price. Unlimited talk, text, and two gigs of data. You know how much that costs you? 20 bucks a month, $20 per month. The average person is saving $400 per year. Why is it so much cheaper than the other guys? No retail stores, no billion dollar a year ad campaigns, no value adds to your contract that you end up paying for. You only pay for the data that you need. And their customer service, by the way, this is my favorite part of all, right here in the United States. Here's the deal. Unlimited talk, unlimited text, two gigs of data for 20 bucks a month. All you need to do is grab your phone, dial pound 250, and say the keyword Michael Knowles. That is pound 250, say the keyword Michael Knowles, and when you do, you will save 50% off your first month. Head on over, do it right now. 
So the reason that the left must win, and if they don't win, it's illegitimate, is because of the basis of the politics. For conservatives, the basis of politics is philosophy. For the left, for progressives, the basis of politics is science. What do I mean by that? For conservatives, they view politics as a debate of eternal questions, justice, freedom, equality, what this means, what this means at any given point in time for any given people in any particular place, what trade-offs we will have to accept as we take this philosophy and put it into real political circumstances. For the last at least 150 years, probably more, the left and progressives in particular, right, that's the word, progressive, has viewed politics as a science. So even the word progress includes this. There is an end. It's obvious. It, it takes part in, in a science of history that Marx probably made most famous, which is that hist history unfolds like a science. It is inevitable. The, the arc of history is long, but it bends toward justice. You can be on the right side of history or on the wrong side of history. And so politics is not the debate of these different philosophical questions. Politics is the expert uncovering of the undebatable science of history. And so you, you are either progressing in the right direction or you're standing in the way of progress, which makes you either incredibly stupid or incredibly evil. Because there is an obvious path toward this progressive end of society, this perfectly rational society where there are no questions and we don't have to debate our citizens. We just look to the experts in the lab coats and they tell us what to do. Because of that, it is not possible that you could legitimately impede that. It's, it'd be, it, because they view politics ridiculously as a science, it would be like someone coming up to you and, and debating whether two plus two equaled four. It would be like someone coming up to you and debating a law of physics that force equals mass times acceleration. You'd say, you can't debate that. There's no room for legitimate agreement. We're right, and you people are extremely stupid and or evil, and so we can't, if we lose, something has gone horribly wrong. This science of history, this progressivism, it, you can think of it as kind of Darwinism. Actually, Darwin's theory of evolution is what the early progressives described as displacing the Newtonian idea of mechanics that they viewed the Constitution as, right? So they, they viewed the Constitution basically as being built around Newton's idea of physics, that there are these fixed laws of the universe and that's why you have separation of powers. And they said, yeah, Darwin got rid of all that BS, that nothing is objective, everything is on a, on a continuum toward progress. That's why we are going to be the progressives evolving toward the highest form of life. Because of that, this new science of history means that newer is always better. That's why they hate the past. That's why they hate even some of their own leaders in the past including Woodrow Wilson, one of the first progressives whose statues they just knocked down at Princeton. So newer has to be better, old has to be bad, all historical figures ultimately must fall. And this leads to some ridiculous moments, such as uh, over the past week when Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who is frequently wrong but never in doubt, went around the Capitol building and decided to shame the figures of the white men whose statues existed, including, I kid you not, a Catholic saint who gave his life caring for lepers, for actual lepers. AOC uh, takes this video and she writes on this video of, of Saint Damien of Molokai. Even when we select figures to tell the stories of colonized places, it is the colonizers and the settlers whose stories are told and virtually no one else. So 
Damien Amalekai lived in this Hawaiian island. And AOC says, it's not Queen Liliokalani, the only queen regnant of Hawaii who is immortalized and whose story is told. It is Father Damien. This is what patriarchy and white supremacy culture looks like. It's not radical or crazy to understand the influence white supremacist culture has historically had in our overall culture and how it impacts the present day. She obviously picked a, a bad example here because he's literally a Catholic saint, right? He is, a, he is a sainted man who gave more of himself than anyone on the left has ever done, right? This is a guy who, who selflessly, literally gave his life caring for others, and AOC is a counselor of fraud who doesn't appear to have ever done anything useful for anybody. But she's also wrong on the facts because she says the statue doesn't doesn't honor Queen Liliokalani of Hawaii, except it does, because Queen Liliokalani actually traveled to Molokai to present the knight commander of the Royal Order of Kalakaua to St. Damien. And she was so moved and shocked by, the, by the, what she saw on that island that, that she, could, she could barely even muster the courage to do it. She loved that man. Actually, it was Queen Liliokalani who was part of the reason why we now know of St. Damien with, with such worldwide fame. We can laugh at the AOC thing, but AOC is just following her progressive lights to their logical conclusion. But it also shows us this great conservative consolation, which is that eventually, despite all this really kind of crazy cockamamie theory of history and progress and everything is this exact science and for some reason the science always gives the left exactly what they want and when the science contradicts the left, then it's no longer science, right? Reality still reasserts itself in the end. You saw this just recently when a black man got fed up with Black Lives Matter because Black Lives Matter was seriously interfering with his life. We'll get to that in one second. First, though, I got to thank our friends over at Ancestry DNA. You know, there are many paths to finding your family story. Whichever one you choose could be tracing your family generations back with a family tree, could be uncovering your ethnicity with Ancestry DNA. It's easy to get started with Ancestry. You know I'm a history buff. You know that I like looking back and seeing not just how American history impacts our lives today, but even how our own family history impacts us. That's actually a huge conversation we're having now in politics is about our own family histories. I've used Ancestry since before the Daily Wire existed. It's incredibly helpful. And frankly, I wouldn't say you do one or the other, the family tree or the DNA. I, I did them both. And the one helped the other. It really, really interesting stuff. It's easy to start making discoveries with Ancestry. Grab an Ancestry DNA kit. Start a free trial to amplify your discoveries with Ancestry's billions of records. I, I've, I've had such fun exploring these histories. I've found ancestors, and before that, even my grandfather was, was using these services, found ancestors that fought with Washington in the Revolutionary War, found people at the Civil War, found people on the Mayflower, just really cool stuff you can find. Start exploring your family story today. Head to my URL at Ancestry.com slash Knowles, Canada, W-L-A-S. Get your Ancestry DNA kit. Start your free trial. Ancestry.com slash Knowles, Canada, W-L-A-S. Reality reasserts itself. So you've got the kind of crazy pie in the sky theories of the left, and then you've got the reality of people on the ground. And often the people that the left pretends to represent are living here in reality, and they don't like the kind of crazy theories that the left has. This happened recently in Austin, Texas. There was a Black Lives Matter demonstration, and a black man pulls up in his car and he says, look, I'm a black man. I know you think you're talking for Black Lives Matter. Get the hell out of my way. Take a listen. Okay, 
gotta go to work. I'm black. I gotta go to work. I got bills. I got kids. Get the f out of my way. I'm about to air this out, bro. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. So he didn't say get the hell out of my way. He used more colorful language. I kind of cleaned it up a little bit. I love this video. Finally, they did get out of his way because he was a pretty intimidating fella and I think it would make sense to get out of his way. He's also driving a pretty big truck. You can see here perfectly captured the difference between progressive elites and people who live in reality. The progressive elites who think they've discovered the science of history, the science of politics that only has one correct answer and if you disagree with it, you're wrong. They are trying to explain to this guy why it's good that they're shutting down all of society. And then this guy gets out and he says, yeah, I don't care what you're doing. I know that you all think you're talking for black people and whatever. I have bills to pay. I have kids. I have actual needs back here on planet Earth that I need to take care of. So I don't want to get in a political argument with you, but get out of my way or I'm going to run you over because I am not going to let your stupid theories get in the way of my actual life here. And this is what the left hates more than anything. They are befuddled by it. They are shocked by it. That sometimes reality fights back. Sometimes, not in theory, not in the science of history where they never lose an election and they keep progressing toward their utopia, but sometimes in reality, they do lose and they can't handle that so they refuse to accept it. Sometimes in reality, Trump beats Hillary. Sometimes in reality, Brexit beats the European Union. So what do they do? Well, when Brexit wins, they spend four years trying to relitigate it trying to pretend there was no Brexit vote, trying to not honor the Brexit vote, trying to have more votes. George Soros, I know you're not allowed to say his name anymore, but he is the single most influential leftist donor in the whole world. George Soros openly donated lots and lots of money toward more Brexit referenda so that, so that you would have more and more votes and hopefully overturn the original one. What did they do in the case of Trump? You had the Mueller investigation, then you had the taxes, then you had Stormy Daniels, then you had, he colluded with Russia, then he colluded with Ukraine, even though Ukraine's at war with Russia, then he, I don't know, he colluded with anybody, he's not the real president, put your fingers in your ears, la, 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 I can't believe it actually happened. This is what President Trump means when he talks about the silent majority. The, maybe the silent majority is not a majority, maybe it's a slight minority of people, but regardless there is a huge number of, of people in this country who refuse to go along with the leftist ideology. I'll give you another example of this. A Democratic representative and Lena Dunham, two different, I know that Lena Dunham is kind of a representative of Democrats, but I mean an actual U.S. representative and Lena Dunham just came down with coronavirus. We wish them all the best. We hope they recover, as do 99.7% of people who get the virus. They are blaming Republicans because they got the virus. See, according to the science of history, according to the science of progressivism, every good thing is attributable to them. Every bad thing is attributable to their opponents, including a virus that came from China, including an actual bi biological agent that didn't have any origins in the United States, actually had origins in China, certainly didn't have any origins in the Republican Party. We will get into their blame game 
we will get to the next steps that our progressive administrative elite want to undertake regardless of our actual political processes. We'll get to how to fight back. But first, I have got to thank you. I've got to thank you for subscribing to the Michael Knowles Show YouTube channel. We really appreciate it. Uh, that channel right now has a, a recent interview I did with Ryan Long. He's the one who did that viral video, When Wokes and Racists Actually Agree on Everything. And thanks to you, we're closing in on 200,000 subscribers. So if you would, go check it out. Share some, some of the content on that channel. We really appreciate it. Also, if you're not an all-access member yet of Daily Wire, do it. It's our most exclusive membership tier. There is behind-the-scenes access to us, the podcast hosts, as well as the writers and special guests. And all-access members are given early access to Daily Wire products. As part of that, I'm very excited to announce our new limited edition collector's baseball bat in collaboration with Pillbox Bat Company. This baseball bat is handcrafted here in the United States emblazoned with the Daily Wire logo, and this run of bats will each be engraved with the individual number in the order that they were produced from 1 to 100. These bats are currently being offered to our all-access membership tier and only to our all-access tier, so join or upgrade now before they're all gone. You'll also get uh, lots of fun stuff. We had a live stream yesterday with uh, the God King Jeremy Boring uh, that watched the return of that SpaceX Dragon capsule and crew with All Access members hosted a discussion afterward. So text the keyword baseball to 83400 to purchase your collector's edition bat. Get 20% off All Access right now with coupon code ACCESS. That is text baseball to 84300. Coupon code ACCESS. We'll be right back with a lot more. Representative Raul Grijalva, Democrat, has coronavirus. Hope he is feeling better and I hope he recovers quickly. I hope he stops attacking Republicans and blaming them for the virus because he is attacking, quote, Republican members who routinely strut around the Capitol without a mask to selfishly make a political statement at the expense of their colleagues. Lena Dunham in the cultural sphere saying the same thing. She just recovered from coronavirus. She's fine. You know, it was she didn't enjoy it, and now she's fine. She said, quote, seeing the carelessness with which so many in the United States are treating social distancing, people jogging without masks, and parties on Instagram, I feel compelled to be honest about the impact this illness has had on me, which is it hasn't had much of an impact. She's fine. Why are they blaming Republicans? First of all, we have mask orders in place. We already have the mask orders. They're already there. They're not working that well because the masks don't work that well because there is zero, zero scientific evidence, real science, not the political science of progress that the left engages in. There is zero scientific evidence that the masks do much of anything at all. That's why all of the public health experts for the last 50 years have discouraged them, except now that it's politicized, they at certain points have wanted us to wear the masks. Uh, we went through this on this show 14 recent clinical studies that the masks don't do very much of anything. And nobody has presented alternative studies that the masks do very much. But it is not possible that there could be a sort of problem like the coronavirus or the lockdowns in the leftist utopia on the way to progress. So something has gone wrong. That thing that's gone wrong obviously has to be Republicans or conservatives. They're upset that, that some people aren't wearing the masks. If your political solution cannot survive human nature which means that there will always be people who won't listen to what you want, 
then your political solution is not much of a solution at all. If your political solution is 100% of people need to wear masks 100% of the time or else it's not going to work, then that's not a real solution. That's a utopian pipe dream. If your political solution can't survive real people, then it's not a political solution. Politics meaning how people all get along together. You always hear the left say, when they defend socialism, they say, real socialism has never been tried. When conservatives point out, we say, your socialist you, solutions have always bred human misery wherever they've existed. Well, they say, no, 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 Soviet Union and Cuba and China and Venezuela, and th those, those weren't real socialism. True socialism has never been tried. They're applying the same thing to social distancing. They're saying true social distancing has never been tried. We've had lockdowns now for five months or something, right? And it didn't work. It didn't work. It's, it, we're ex in exactly the same place. We're actually a lot worse off than we would have been had we not instituted the lockdowns because our economy has crashed and people are out of their minds. It didn't work. Do you think that deters the left? No. Because it's not that they just proposed a political solution to an unprecedented problem in America. They knew the science of history. They knew the science of politics. They talked to the man in the lab coat. They have Dr. Fauci, for goodness sakes. Dr. Fauci can't be wrong. I mean, he always is. He's wrong about everything, but he can't be. I know in, in reality he's wrong about everything, but in theory, he's got to be right about everything. So what that means is we failed. And by we, I mean specifically conservatives and Republicans, because I'm not wearing a mask right now. So therefore, I'm the reason that this coronavirus is spreading. Never mind that the Democratic politicians don't wear masks a lot. Never mind that Dr. Fauci told us not to wear masks. That's beside the point. True social distancing has never been tried. So they're going to double down on their solutions. You're seeing this right now from the Minneapolis Fed chairman, Neil Kashkari. So Neil Kashkari, a, a perfect, out, straight out of central casting representative of the liberal establishment, of the administrative state of the kind of liberal political establishment. This guy worked at Goldman. He worked at PIMCO. Now he's the head of the Minneapolis Fed. Neil Kashkari's solution to our continuing lockdown troubles is for us to have a hard lockdown. Not this light lockdown that we've been dealing with, but a hard lockdown for four to six weeks. So like we can't move, we don't go anywhere for four to six weeks. What have we been doing for the last four months? Was that, if the answer is a hard, why didn't we do that three and a half months ago? Why are we now, why, are, why did this just now occur to people? Because they can't change their minds, right? This is the, the definition of a fanatic is one who can't change his mind and won't change the subject. Well, that's the left because they feel that they've got science on their side. They've dismissed everything we used to have, philosophy, traditional religion, Christianity, uh, but political debate, they, the constitutionalism, they've dismissed all of that in favor of this allegedly scientific approach to politics. And it just hasn't worked. I've said before, on this show, COVID is the campaign. And people have said, oh, Michael, what are you talking about? You're, you're, you're becoming crazy about this mask issue or this lockdown issue or the fact that you can't go to church or the fact that we're not allowed to go to work or the fact that we're not allowed to travel anywhere. Uh, come on, it's not a big deal. This just happened because there's a virus and it's a perfectly reasonable response to this epidemic. We've had epidemics before. We've had lots of epidemics in our country's history. We've had lots of epidemics that are much more medically serious than this one. 
We've never done this before. We've never done this lockdown where all of life stops and we shut down schools and we completely shut down churches for huge extended periods. We've never had this. We've never crashed the economy on purpose in an election year conveniently. We've never canceled a presidential campaign for this sort of reason. This is not just about whether the masks work or not. They don't, but it's not, it's not even about that. This is not about whether the masks are a political symbol or not. They are. They obviously are, but it's not about that. It's about two ways of looking at politics. The one way, the conservative way, where we debate the eternal questions and we decide how we want to live, and the progressive way where there are no debates. There are only scientific answers that the experts know, and we just need to listen to them. This idea of wear the damn mask, listen to Fauci, that, those, kind, those are political slogans that perfectly encapsulate the progressive point of view. And if you're a conservative who's going along with them, you're not really a conservative. Because even if you like low taxes or something, you are completely buying into the base level progressive view of the world. Progressivism is a totalizing political system. It brings together all questions, all aspects of life under one system, no matter how disparate they are. All issues are the same issue. It's all the issue of progress. Great example of this, Planned Parenthood of Arizona just tweets out, quote, they were, they were talking about the protests and the policing and the defund the police. And Planned Parenthood says, we understand that policing and police justice are reproductive justice issues. What? <laughs> what? First of all, reproductive justice reminds me of Julian Castro, who briefly ran for president. Do you remember? And he, he kept trying to outwoke everybody. So someone says, I support reproductive freedom. And he goes, I support reproductive justice justice for, and reproductive justice for trans women, meaning men, you know, people who don't have uteruses. He, he was very confused in many ways. But this is a new buzzword, reproductive justice. Okay, what does that have to do with the police? Nothing. Nothing at all. Here's actually the one, the one similarity is the left says that the police are the single greatest threat to black lives in America. And that isn't true. Planned Parenthood and the other abortionists are the single greatest threat to black lives in America. So actually, in a way, I guess there is a relationship here. If black lives really do matter, go after Planned Parenthood. Don't go after the police departments. But, but on its face, the cops and killing babies has nothing to do with, with one another, except to the left it must, because everything has to be tied in to that same system. Act, our most important political debates are now happening outside the realm of debate with Dr. Fauci. What does Dr. Fauci have to do with politics? He's a guy who knows about viruses, may, allegedly. What does he have to do with politics? Why do we look to him? Why do we look to all of these agencies and give, out, give away our political power to these administrators? On the subject of police, by the way, how is this progressive solution going? Uh, not very well. The Minneapolis Police Department, they have a new slogan. You know, like a lot of police departments, they have slogans like protect and serve or, or back the blue or what, right? They have these kind of slogans. Well, the, the new Minneapolis police slogan is do whatever the criminals say. That's their new de facto slogan. The left is winning. The left actually is winning on these issues. The Minneapolis PD just recently told residents of the third precinct, as the riots continue, do not walk alone. Be hyper aware of your surroundings at all times. Pay attention. Yeah, that makes sense. Carry only items you need and carry less cash. Okay, what am I, do I live in some third world country? Do I live in Baghdad now? I have to, I, I'm not allowed to carry cash on the streets of an American city. Be prepared to give up your cell phone and purse or wallet. 
It's the police department telling citizens, you give the criminals, give the muggers your stuff. Have keys already in your hand as you approach your car. Robberies may still occur. Do not argue or fight with the criminal. Do as they say. Your safety is important. And I think that's the end of the progressive project is it's a shakedown society. It's a society where you do what the criminals say. Conservatives want a society where we do what the law enforcement officers say because the law enforcement officers are enforcing the law and the law is enacted by our representatives for whom we vote after our democratic political debates. That's what conservatives like. The left wants the opposite. The left says, do what the criminals say. Do what the people who steal power, despite your democratic choice, say. Progressive science is a totalizing religion. And by the way, it's a jealous religion. There were, there was a video went viral over the weekend. Some of these leftist rioters in Portland holding up BLM signs decided to burn a stack of Bibles. They burned a stack of Bibles. They burned American flags too. But why would they burn the Bible? If you are still viewing the BLM riots and the continued lockdowns and the closing of churches, but the opening of leftist political rallies and the closing of normal funerals, but the opening of only a couple funerals of, of leftist idols. If you're still viewing that with befuddlement as though, gosh, that's a weird quirk of politics. I wonder why that's happening. You're not understanding the moment. If, however, you realize that all these little events are completely connected and they go down not just to the political level, but deeper to the cultural level and ultimately to the religious level, then you'll see what's going on. There's a, a great line I quoted on this show frequently from Henry Edward Cardinal Manning. The line is, all human conflict is ultimately theological. Everybody's got to serve somebody. Right? Cult and culture come from the same root word. What a culture worships will define that culture. We are ultimately not arguing over tax rates as tax rates or healthcare policy as healthcare policy. We are, we are arguing over first principles, ultimate questions over what is the nature of man? What kind of society do we want? I, I say that on the show. That's why I'm not totally interested in just like owning the libs all the time. I mean, it's super fun and I enjoy it when I can. But uh, what I want in debate actually is to get down to the root question because we're not really debating the things we pretend to be debating. We're debating fundamental issues of society. And what the right is saying, what conservatives are saying is, we want a society grounded in our traditional religion and in our traditional society and in our practices and at a political level in constitutionalism where we can debate political issues and vote for our representatives and have power as we the people. That's what the conservatives want. What the progressives are saying is, Christianity is all bunk. It's actually, it's frankly, it's terrible. It's not only false, but it's terrible. And traditional religion is, if you believe in God, you're a total idiot. You got to believe in science with a capital S and a trademark over the E. And you got to believe in Darwin, our wonderful prophet. And all that matters is our ideology. And if you're still a conservative, you're a knuckle dragger. And we can't let those stupid people have free choice. We can't let those bitter clingers, those deplorables, those irredeemable Americans have free choice. We're the experts. We know better than everybody. So we're just going to put some white lab coats on some people and have them make all the decisions for us. And hopefully those rubes get with the program because it'll be better for everybody. And frankly, it's inevitable because we're on the right side of history and all these other people are going to go to the dustbin of history and and they're going to be forgotten, and they're going to die out, and that'll be a wonderful thing. Those are the two ways of looking at politics. 
Which side are you on? I think, I, I kind of gave it a loaded description there, I think people of goodwill are going to be on that more conservative side. However, politics plays out in these particular moments. It plays out in the particular questions of how you respond to an unconstitutional shutdown of your church, which might be happening around the country. It's how it, how it responds to a medically ridiculous but politically symbolic mask mandate that you have to wear masks all the time everywhere regardless of your, your risk group for the virus. It plays out in how you talk about American history, what statues you want to turn down. If you want to tear down Catholic saints like AOC, AOC could, if, if AOC were at that Bible book burning, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I wouldn't bat an eyelash because that's the logical consequence of where she wants to tear down statues of saints for goodness sakes. Sean King, uh, one of the activists of Black Lives Matter, he says we got to smash statues of Jesus and Mary if they look white. Jesus and Mary, who are Jews, they look white. So you got to smash them, knock them down. It, it expresses itself on these particular questions. If you pay lip service to BLM and you say, no, look, it's just because I like black people. Yeah, everyone likes black people. When you support BLM, you're supporting self-described Marxists, self-described Marxists who have the exact view of politics that we've been talking about all day. They want to tear down everything you cherish in this country, fundamentally transform the American way of life. Which side are you on? You know, the left can't lose according to them. But sometimes conservatives deliver a victory. Sometimes conservatives come around and upset the, the left's plans. They, they won't acknowledge it. But are we going to lie down and acquiesce to the inevitable progressive march of history? Or are we going to fight back, mess it up? As Bill Buckley said, are we going to be conservatives who stand athwart history yelling stop? We still have that political will. I think some of us still have political reason. We can realize the difference between those delusions and the reality. Are we going to stand up or are we going to roll over? We'll see you in November. That's our show. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. See you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, and frankly, even if you didn't, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Klavan Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Supervising producers, Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Technical producer, Austin Stevens. Assistant director, Pavel Widowski. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Audio mixer, Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup, Nika Geneva. Production assistant, Ryan Love. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. If you prefer facts over feelings, aren't offended by the brutal truth, and you can still laugh at the insanity filling our national news cycle, well, tune in to The Ben Shapiro Show. We'll get a whole lot of that and much more. See you there.